Welcome to session nine, revolutionize. If we're not aiming to revolutionize something, to give the world around us in our mission to our community before and after transformative experiences, we are not aiming to the full potential of our leadership. Now, the first eight parts have been about who we become. This part is about the impact we have. But the impact we have comes out of who we are. Remember, it's our journey that we have to go on, that we navigate self-leadership so that we can now show up and lead others well. This is what it means to not just try to externally force new fruit on yourself as a leader, but to actually transform yourself at the root level. Because if the root level transformation happens, the fruit, like a healthy tree, takes care of itself. We started this journey by saying, first, we recognize that we are in the driver's seat and there's a windshield there, that the thoughts that we have pop up, the experiences, desires, circumstances, that we're more than all these, that there is a there there. And that when we learn to pull ourselves back from the windshield and notice it all, we might see the changing of experiences in just a given day that we don't have to ride the ride of our circumstances or our emotions. They matter, they're clues and signals, but we don't have to be driven by them unaware. And as we do that, we construct an antenna to see that so often what's driving our thoughts and our energy and our behavior and our actions is to prove and hide, to try to convince people of something about ourselves as a leader or try to hide away so that they won't think something bad about us. That really we are consumed with, am I doing a good job and do they like me? And as we start to notice that and become free of it, we notice the daydreams, what shows up, where we might want to go in our desires. And so we take a turn and we take an action and we see something beautiful. We take a picture. So we visualize who we can become. We make a ritual out of it. And as we make a ritual out of it, we notice a deeper capacity to relate to ourselves as the things that we hate in others show us something about who we can become, that the stranger in the car is really a deeper, more whole us that we can learn from. And we get in the car and we start to go and we have the symbol that gives us our meaning. And as we take that meaning on, we press the gas and we realize there's a weight there and that weight has been there the whole time. And we have to shift from trying to get an identity from our mission and our community as leaders to actually having something to give. And that's what we talked about with the car and the shift it makes or the vehicle from overloaded to having a capacity for others. See, it's insecure leaders that try to get validation from their mission or their community that ruin the world. Secure leaders transform the world. They press the gas. They go to new explorations and new places. And where do they go? Well, they're going to go wherever the road takes them. And it's the unfolding reality that they get to experience. A little hat tip to Kierkegaard here where he uh, said something similar that I'm going to apply for mission. Look, work isn't a problem to be solved but an unfolding mission to be experienced. Now, as that mission's unfolding, we need to learn to watch just a few things in the car so that we can monitor our impact and know that we are being effective as leaders. And if we watch these three, then we're going to be clued in, dialed in to the key measurements that are going to make the biggest impact. For people that don't watch these or pay attention to these, uh, they lose their way as a leader. And we don't want to do that. So first, we've got to watch the GPS. We've got to watch the GPS. You can think of it out this way. Your job as a leader, when it's when you're building on these other eight lessons and you're expressing into this impact, number one, is to guide to what you see. Guide to what you see. So first, 
the GPS. The GPS lets you know what, where you are. And that's the only way you can effectively get where you want to go. It's the nature of leadership to see that we need to go somewhere that other people aren't seeing yet. It's the vision of what you see that could be a reality. That's why it's so hard. And as a leader, you're going to be misunderstood. Why? Because you see something that others haven't seen yet. And it's important for you to have your own internal GPS that is so clear and dialed in that you're not having to build your signal off of the approval of others. Because if you're having to build it off the approval of others, at some point, you're not going to be able to endure being misunderstood and you're going to stop leading with the vision. It's also taking people back to the values. The values of a team or an organization are refined when they're tested. What makes it a value is that it's hard to live out right now and it would be tempting to take a shortcut. And the strategy. What's the strategy that we've decided on? How can we execute on this? How can we be committed to it? Because most visionary leaders get distracted. So it's your job as a leader, first and foremost, to guide to what you see, to watch the GPS. As you watch the GPS, you keep things fresh with vision. It's the overflow of who you are. You keep them courageous with the values being lived out. You're boringly consistent how you keep taking it back to the values, but you're creative in how you communicate it. And you remind of the strategy over and over and over. And as you do that, you're using the GPS effectively. So you guide to what you see. Number two, you got to watch the battery. You got to watch the battery. You abide for unity. You abide for unity. I read this years ago, some time ago. I lose track of time. But there are some leaders that are batteries included and some leaders aren't batteries included. And you want to hire the kind of leaders who are batteries included people. But as we take this journey, we've got to think about battery like the energy, okay? It's the connection. It's the relationship. And to abide for unity means to be the kind of leader who makes a focus on the quality of the relationships. I can't relate to everybody the same. I can't give everybody the same amount of time, attention, and energy. But I can pay attention to what's happening in my own energy, my own battery, and then I pay attention to others. And I can have high impact relational connections. If I'm not the kind of leader who's watching the relational connections, then what's going to happen over time is because relationships need continual effort, they're going to drift into disconnection. And as they drift into disconnection, I'm not leading well. I'm not having impact. So the first thing, I'm watching the GPS to guide into what I see. Second, I'm abiding for unity. I'm watching the electricity of the connection, the battery. Third, after I guide into what I see and I abide in unity, I'm riding into opportunity. I'm riding into opportunity. I'm watching the diagnostics as we go, the system diagnostics of the car. I'm watching the GPS. I'm watching the energy levels. It'll be an electric car. And then I'm watching the system diagnostics. Watching the system diagnostics is just this. Is this an atmosphere, an environment that we can change and change in a healthy way? Do our systems upgrade and improve? Do we find new ways to do it? Or are we in a place that we say, I've never done it that way before? Healthy leaders build healthy environments. There's a flow through, an impact into mission, and an overflow into community. And as that overflow into community happens, they watch these three. The direction the relationships, and how we interact with change. Now, I'll give you a little secret here. 
that I've found really powerful. It is the nature of leadership that you've got to pay attention to what's core and key and ignore much of the rest. When my kids were little and I was teaching them how to ride a bike, if I came home and they had a bike wreck, Daddy, I had a bike wreck. Oh, come here. Give them a hug. You know, they have a boo-boo, whatever. It's okay. I just bring some comfort. As they aged and I taught them to ride or drive cars, if they called me and said, Dad, I had a car wreck, what's going to happen on me to me on the inside? Very different than a bike wreck. I'm fully activated. Most of what happens as a leader of the things that you need to ignore are bike wrecks. They're how people are growing and learning. It's a part of it. Here are what are the three car wrecks. These are going to get my full attention because that's going to shut down the journey, right? One, when somebody is off vision, values, or strategy, that's going to get my full attention. Now, it's my responsibility to counteract that and to build a healthy environment by filling the atmosphere with vision, values, and strategy. Second thing that's going to get my attention like a car wreck are divisive people. Now, it's my responsibility to create a relationally healthy environment and not tolerate toxicity or avoid dysfunction. That's what healthy leaders do. Third, it's going to get my attention, like a car wreck, is when there is somebody blocking change or innovation. They are change resistant. Not in a healthy way because we're trying to do some due diligence, but I'm talking about, well, we've never done it that way before. You know, they're being politically problematic because they are change resistant. That's going to get my full attention because that's a car wreck. And it's my responsibility to model a healthy relationship to change to the organization. And if I'm the kind of leader who can watch these three areas, like the car, watch these three diagnostics, then what do I get to do? I get to stay on the journey for the long haul. I navigate the journey of self-leadership so I can have impact and revolutionize by living out my mission and building healthy community. I'm forever captured by this idea I think it was the Buddhist definition of hell that at the end of your life, you could meet who you could have become. With no proving or hiding, what if we've only reached 5% of our potential? If you want to go deeper and find what it means to really get your heart and mind expanded on the fact that you really have only reached 5% of your potential and you want to go through a process to find the other 95%, we have a process where we guide you through this every step of the way. It's called Figure That Shift Out. It builds on everything we've talked about here and goes much further. You can find out more at SightShift.com, S-I-G-H-T, Shift.com.